work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem. I'm here with my husband, Jim. I do have hiccups. Oh, no. <laughs> you have the hiccups. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. It's going to be great. Auspicious start. And it's it's not a post-Sunday blues as of this recording. It's actually just Sunday blues. I preached the sermon like less than an hour ago. I'm going to be in Atlanta starting on early, early, early Monday morning through Middle of the week, this was the only, and I'm going to Steve Huber, his ordination, ser- his installation service at Covenant Pres in Doylestown. I have to get in the car pretty much immediately, so it's going to be a shorter episode, everybody. And you're getting me slap happy after the service. Yeah. And uh, Clara was calling it a coronation. That's what the, happens when you install a new pastor. That's a much better phrase than ordination. Nobody knows what, ordin- what ordination means, but coronation, on the other hand, I like it. Okay. So we have the very much... You're very committed to this podcast. I think listeners should be aware of that. I'm working. I'm working for the Helen Wolves. <laughs> um, so we're, I'm going to, you know, I, I don't wear a watch anymore and my phone is charging downstairs. So you are going to be the timekeeper here. I'm yep. going to let you set the pace, which mm-hmm. you do usually anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> This feels so different. Well, <laughs> we will dive in. I won't do my new my new little intro spiel because we're, we're kicking things. Oh, okay. My intro bump. Well, I'm sure we'll get plenty of juicy tidbits as we talk about West Philadelphia. But, yes. Born um, and raised. Let's jump in to sto- call it Stormy Monday. Call it Stormy Sunday. So, yep, we are in Genesis chapter 13, Abram leaving Egypt and coming back into the promised land. There is not enough space, ostensibly, for both Abram and all his stuff and Lot, his nephew, and all his stuff. And so generously, open-handedly, Abram says, hey, Lot, you can you can choose. So I'm trying to think if either of us would be willing to do that for our nephews. <laughs> And gotta say, our our nephews are remotely true. Yeah, each one has its own their own flavor. We love you, nephews. If you're, we love them. At all. least some of the aunts and uncles could be listening, but probably not the nephews. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> we love you, nephews. Anyway, um, this nephew lot was given a choice. Yeah, you're saying yeah, and so he he chose the bad land <clears throat> because it looked good. And so the the main burden going into Sunday M was thinking about trying to be generous like Abram and Mm. in the midst of scarcity. So Mm -hmm. talked about in the sermon being driven by scarcity. And that was uh, was on my mind this week. And I I think it's okay for me to say that even uh, personally for us, this has been a or people have it much worse financial. We could be in much worse financial state, but this has been a bumpier than usual financial year for us, including recently. And so it was one of the sermons we're talking about trusting God when you're feeling pinched, mm-hmm. and it felt personal this right. week. And it ge- genuinely is in the headlines. It's not just our family. And yeah. so it it's it's interesting that it is the like well, everything that we've been talking about, the post-pandemic, I mean, from the beginning of this podcast, that there are these bigger issues that are going on globally that do have effect 
on us personally. I think that's true of people who listen to this podcast, true of people at church. Yeah. Um, and as you approach a text, um, when you're when you're look at you see this text coming up again, how what's the what does it look like for God to be working in choosing the topic? Like is is the topic innately there or is it that you're putting the the headlines into the topic when it comes to Abram, this specific one? Yeah, let, let's go to the presence of the Lord <laughs> in Sun Studios for for some interpretation here. Okay, that, that, sure. that was a leading question, but I like it. The, so with preaching biblical narrative, there there are more directions that a responsible interpreter or preacher can can take uh passage and yeah i would try to think with genesis chapter 13 the i guess the other and this isn't something that i consciously thought about it it seemed pretty clear to me that abram was a model here in this mm-hmm. passage he's in the good geography oriented towards canaan again and pretty straightforward i just decided to say hey this is a sermon i said last week not every time should we be like a bible character a bible hero definitely not last week with Abram. But this time around, I think he is being portrayed as a model of trusting in God's security. And then, yeah, being Abram was, to me, the obvious direction to take it. I I guess the other one would have been focusing more on Lot. And I did mention in the sermon, we don't exactly know what was going on internally with Lot, but at least he chose land that looked good, but was outside of the promised land. So driven by scarcity at some level. That was an inference. I think it was a fair one. Mm-hmm. You could focus more on Lot and his discernment process. I guess that would be another way that I would bet Genesis 13 is is taught if Lot echoes Adam and Eve seeing what's good and reaching for it against God's prescriptions. You could t- write a sermon about, hey, don't just judge by worldly appearances, mm-hmm. so to speak, but instead live your life according to what God has, has, has revealed and trust in those promises. And don't, don't be deceived by right. being allured into this, uh, this or that. I, I think that would have been a fair, a fair sermon too. That mm-hmm. didn't consciously come into my mind this week, maybe because of just feeling squeezed yeah, ourselves. Like, it like just it, made yeah. sense to, to take it in the, in the direction that I did. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it wasn't a really difficult passage to interpret. There is only one, there's one piece of drama, the dispute that finds pretty easy resolution and then denouement or results. So not a difficult passage to interpret, but sometimes it's nice to have a passage that's not super difficult to interpret, sure. unlike last week that was. Right. But then the challenge is actually, actually, this this does run very counter to how we as humans want to live our lives, like living yeah. a life generously are giving our nephews the better the better the first choice that something yep. is not something that we're inclined to do yeah and it is fun when there's a passage it's not hard to interpret that lets me spend a little more time just going straight for practical stuff mm-hmm. and if last week was not a very handsy sermon if we remember that Helen was from last week more more conceptual hopefully there there was more more practical stuff here as we think about our own hearts mm-hmm. related to avarice and right. living under scarcity. But do we really want to think about that? I'm not sure. Well, that's that's <laughs> part of the that's part of the benefit of lectio continua, where 
I don't have the choice about what Bible passage, or I've, yeah. I've taken my, I've taken the choice away from myself. Right, right. And instead, I'm just going right where Genesis is going to take us. I mean, you could just say the the sermon could have been be like your uncle, not like your nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of James, your nephew James. There's that's funny. <laughs> there, there, there. Helen Wolves, you can Google online for various lists of worst Elvis songs of all time. <laughs> and, and, and and one of the contenders, Elvis has a song. It's from one of his movie soundtracks. Oh, I forget which, which one. The title of the song is, He's Your Uncle, Not Your Dad. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Be fruitful and multiply online, Helen Wolves. Uh, tell, tell me oh, what you got. Elvis. He's your uncle, not your dad. I hope he didn't write that. Uh, Elvis did not write any of his songs. Ninety-eight percent. Right. He had he had great um, counselors, I'm sure, who were steering him to the right music. There's a movie about that recently, <laughs> Colonel Tom. <laughs> um, okay, but moving on to muddying the water. We are moving. Um, so you're you're constructing the sermon. Um, what I don't, and you're saying it's it wasn't particularly difficult to tease out, but mm-hmm. um, how was it in terms of building building up the actual sermon just thinking through our being like Gollum as opposed to Smeagol and trying to address people and this was an easier sermon too okay and I I have to stop you just at the second because yeah. you were, were talking about hypocrisy also with within this sermon but oh yeah I really feel like there has been a time <laughs> in your going. life you do know where it's where I, I don't know where this is going oh I feel like there's a time there there has been a time where you have literally said i will never use a tolkien rest re- reference in my sermon oh like never like i i i'm speaking of i'm pretty i'm almost 100% sure i mean i've said that i stay away from tolkien and lewis because everybody else quotes them so much i don't remember i don't remember i i don't recall <laughs> I don't think I've said it that... Jim is practicing to run for the next presidential election. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have painted myself into such a corner, uh, but okay, okay, we'll have to okay. go back to, go the, ahead, to the game tape. Gollum. That, that future you know so well. Yep. Wanting money. <laughs> Gollum. Yeah. As I started telling the story, so so is, this was a something that happened. Like I do go through my sermon mentally, mostly word for word. Almost entirely, but it's never written down in manuscript form. If people were watching on Sunday and heard me stumble a little bit when I was explaining the what Smeagol to Gollum is in the context of Lord of the Rings, when I was building the sermon this past week, I don't think I actually got detailed enough in my own mind about what to say to introduce Gollum and Smeagol. And so Sunday morning in real time was the first time when I was actually telling the story mm-hmm. and hadn't reviewed it in my and mind. I'd actually remembered that you and actually I, said that you would never not <laughs> that. use Lord of the Rings as a reference. Yeah, that, that did not happen. But what did happen was when I started introducing Smeagol and Gollum, I had this oh no moment where I realized I don't really know the backstory at all on these yeah. characters. This is not Marvel. What do I do? <laughs> it's like embedded yeah, in your. I can't stop. I have blood. to keep going. But but hopefully you, it, you got you got through. I I think it was a basic enough analogy that we were okay. I'm basic sometimes. Your so. audience was okay. Yeah. What what are the sorts of things that we can be scarcity driven about? Mm-hmm. Like a golem. I think I mentioned money stuff time relationship 
recreation experience houses houses <laughs> and, and and health and did, did a little bit of compare and contrast with secular ideas there which was something i talked a lot more about in the sermon on anxiety from from the summer i i think it's fair to say what do we do with scarcity when we get so angsty and anxious about not having enough in different ways typically we'll either say well we just need more stuff or we need to need less but even if those are things that we practice they don't really work mm-hmm. long long term and and i i said i hope i'm not flippant in the sermon I'll, I'll repeat that now but say if if there's no promise of a good god for a better world then I don't see a really good reason not to be anxious and angsty about scarcity. Mm-hmm. If if material stuff is all there is, and if we don't have enough of it, we're in trouble. Right. And it is built into our DNA in some ways. If I think about all of our toddlers or even toddlers I see at the Target checkout line right. who are begging for whatever it is, <laughs> like pink plastic, whatever. Yeah. Um, or your stories about growing up in like in competition with your brother for the last piece of pizza. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Always worried that they're like someone was going to have the last. I piece was always trying to take more than my share, while making sure that nobody else took more than their share. Yeah, it was a very adolescent boy <laughs> type thing. I I still do that like with yeah, pizza. I'm aware. Don't <laughs> pizza sidebar. When you're ordering pizza for a group of people, don't overorder cheese pizza. It never gets eaten. It's always stacked up in a corner. It's okay to get veggie pizzas, but there are some delicious veggie pizzas, non-meat pizzas that have other stuff on them except cheese. I'm always disappointed when sometimes it's as much as 50-50. There's a stack of non-cheese pizzas that are the same size as a stack of cheese pizzas. They don't get touched. Ah, kills me. Scarcity. Yeah. I, th- I think my Topics. pulse rate jumped a little bit just thinking about my pizza towers. Right. So we're yeah, but this is not really the the issue. Or there's there are deeper issues. There with, are deeper with issues. Scarcity driven. Yep. Heart, but just just yeah, just saying that it does seem to like um, be in every part of our our minds and hearts from the yeah. beginning. And and then being able to to dig in. Hopefully there will be some people this week, and this is work that I need to continue to do, to not let it stay abstract about the reality of God providing for us, but instead get specific about where my scarcity drivers actually are and spend time with God to ask that I be released from that scarcity mindset and mm-hmm. know God's security instead, Yeah, which is a big deal. And it was fun too, Em, to, to talk about the prosperity gospel a little bit. Were, mm-hmm. were you there for that part? Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, did you, did you see me nodding off? <laughs> the, so, so kind of briefly launching a little bit of stuff about prosperity gospel, uh-huh. which is trust God and you'll have a ton of stuff and a ton of money. If you yeah. have a ton of stuff and a ton of money, then you're not trusting God enough. If, then... if that's a distortion, uh, the flip side is, I, I don't think I'm in danger of believing a prosperity gospel, but I am in danger of sometimes believing a pessimism gospel mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. there's so many qualifiers about God's provision that bottom line, maybe I don't believe that God can provide for us. Yeah, and I thought that was an important clarification that you made because because it is so true that I think that if we were raised in many types of um, Protestant churches, church mm-hmm. traditions, you, who aren't tempted by the prosperity gospel or who it's just easy to like poke, 
poke at that yeah. without understanding the like um, ten- tendencies for us to lean other directions. I think that that probably applies to like all of the extremism that we've we've been talking about through the past year or whatever. But that yeah. people tend to just default to being able to criticize the opposite position without like taking a deeper look at your own proclivities towards things that are not um not theologically correct either yep so pessimism and and lack of faith in god is is a hundred percent something that um i'm convicted about yeah something we need to be convicted about in sympathy with prosperity gospel again mm-hmm. and was talking about our first church in west philly mm. dearly departed church of the redeemer it was a it was a mixed income congregation and was both the most diverse church I think we've ever been a part mm-hmm. of. It was like crazy diverse. Yep. It was not crazy large, <laughs> but it was crazy diverse. Yeah. And then also or diverse ethnically, racially, also socioeconomically. I don't think I've preached in a congregation with such a high percentage of people below the poverty line. Right. And when you look out on a Sunday morning and know the deep financial cares and struggles you're going to talk about God's provision a lot mm-hmm. more. Yeah. And I don't think I ever preached a prosperity gospel sermon, but I no. leaned hard into God's provision in difficult financial circumstances because that's what people were facing. Right. So for the, for the churches that just turn up their noses at mm-hmm. that line of thinking and say, like, we've ne- we would never preach something that wrong. It's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, it's, gl- a, glad it's you're an rich. aspect of hope <laughs> and an aspect of like, these are true, like the promises of God. Yep that you were um, quoting and and like there's there are promises of God for provision in scripture and um, not acknowledging that is is uh, hubris yep so yeah that's all I got for mending the waters baby (laughs) (laughs) we we are moving bar band cover tunes um, and your specific references we can spend a little bit of time on your your primary uh, references storyline of West Philly Born and raised, mm-hmm. Micah born in that the, on that shaking toilet. Actually, if you want oh. <laughs> to get really graphic yeah. here, but our accidental home birth, our um, accidental home birth, that's probably occurred not on the bouncing toilet. Yeah, I have such different oh, memories of that house. I really, I really like have very fond memories. But you were in like baby afterglow. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I recognized how um internally distraught you were i guess i wasn't sensitive enough to you at that time or well, i was you were good prob- at hiding at it um time either. But it's early early marriage but i uh liked our house <laughs> we were gonna yeah. fix it <laughs> there were problems but i there, thought we were, were i thought we were gonna fix it <laughs> so young and optimistic um I was looking forward to renovating our kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you liked it. It was it was torture for me, but there there are fond members fond memories for sure of living in West Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but that 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 house was a challenge. When I was yeah. putting the sermon together just for for Helen was out there, I did not make any of those details up. There was no embellishment whatsoever with any of those things and I actually, for the sake of time, couldn't <laughs> say all of the problems that, if you that, want to know them, that the house had. Jim would be happy to share. I have other types of things that I do not want to talk about because I'm so devastated by them. But actually, I still like, I was fine with all those things. I just love snuggling my babies and yeah. like having our first house and we we're going to fix it up in this yep. little tiny street on West in West Philly. It, it was a great street. 
It is a great street. And it was always my contention. It was a great investment property. And it was, it gosh out, darn it, it. It turned out to be. Like, I had researched well. Yeah. No, you <laughs> you did. And that this would have undercut the, <laughs> the, the story in some ways. So, so he didn't say during the sermon. But that, that house turned out to be the best investment that I think we've ever made in yeah. our lives. So we, it, uh, we sold it. For fifty percent more than we yeah, paid for we, it, we sold like at a bubble high. Years. Yeah, we bought at a just as the bubble was expanding yeah, to, to that particular street. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, but sell. I I still feel like it was a wise investment. I loved it. I was fine living there. There are lots of people, HGTV people, moving into trash houses all the time. They move it, fix it up, and then leave. And that's what you do. <laughs> Wasn't that bad? Bouncing toilet. <laughs> I gave birth like on that bad. bouncing toilet. <laughs> What's that, your problem? <laughs> that, that didn't help me sitting on it. <laughs> so that was the house. <laughs> oh, any other references that you have? We have... Helen Wills, feel free to write in with questions about the house because th- we, we have lots of stories. Yeah, we do. Oh, and oh, if, may, maybe next week, if anybody writes in, I'll say what happened our first night that we were there. That that was crazy. I don't even know what you're talking I'll, about. Uh, yeah. So we also had Thomas Aquinas saying that once you get stuff, you don't like the stuff that you get anymore. Actress, that's not true. Actress Sarah Except Bernhardt. Is. It is by spending oneself that one becomes rich. I that quote has been Who in is my. She? Do I am I supposed to know her? She she's like a French actress, like black and white Ugh, days. French. So from from a long oh, time ago. Oh, definitely not me. The that 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 quote is old enough in my digital quotes file that oh. I actually forget where I got it from. And I should go back it's and check. True. <laughs> I trust that it's true. Or I wouldn't uh-huh, have put it uh-huh. in, but I I I have lost context for that quote. To the sands of time, and then John Chrysostom saying that who if, is right fourth century. He was the Archbishop of Constantinople. You weren't going to tell us that. You were just going to say for, his name and just sorry. assume that okay. the rest of us knew the question. We're, we're speeding here. John Chrysostom. John Chrysostom. Was, we quote him all the time. Uh, Chrysostom in the original that wasn't his original name but it means golden mouth so he, he was known <laughs> oh that's uh, the new podcast <clears throat> name golden, golden mouth. mouth oh i got it that Gold that member. okay yes chrysostom uh, known for his preaching his eloquence and his speaking and at one point this this was in one of his sermons he says if you're not generous to the poor it's theft <clears throat> because you're withholding their money from them mm. it's mm-hmm. not we who oh, do not possess, we do not possess our own wealth, but mm-hmm. theirs. Nice. So yeah, that's a pretty great, pretty great Third quote. quote. And then also Gustave Flaubert, and we were at the Rodin Museum what, a couple weeks ago. What's with the French today? Oh, I was just feeling French. Would love to get back to Bistro La Manette. and yeah, with Flaubert talking about of all the winds that blow in love. The, uh, here I'll say French accent. The the demand for the money oh, no. is the coldest <laughs> and most destructive. I think any like there were some people who were really excited that you were mentioning French people so much, and then you did that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it's a speedy and slap happy uh, Sunday afternoon recording right here. But marriage, marriages in distress, um, never about finances. I don't know what you're talking about exactly. And then also, oh, I mentioned Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, so that was a nice little pop cult, culture thing. Lot chose poorly. I. I saw your Hugh, Hugh Jackman in New Zealand and re- was like, I don't know about Oh, reference. no, I said Peter Jackson. He was the producer and director. You said Hugh Jackman. Did I really say Hugh? We're going to go back and we're going to listen. Oh, my goodness. I just see. But I wrote down Hugh Jackman. I 
maybe I heard it wrong. Uh, what did Peter Jackson? Was this a uh, he was the producer director of the original Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings trilogy okay. of yeah. the Hobbit movies? I would have gotten that. I, I would have probably liked him more if Hugh Jackman did it. <laughs> he doesn't pr- produce things. I don't know. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't think there's anything Hugh Jackman can't do. I <laughs> know that's Clara, not you. <laughs> okay. Are we? Th- yep. That's all. I got Barbie okay. cartoons. Any leftovers? No, because you have to go on. The I I almost for the. What I, the the first draft of the sermon introduction talking about West Philly had the financial ruined piece, but then also a heightened awareness of physical danger. Mm. But I decided to yeah. edit that part out because it would have been distracting from, from the main point main point of the sermon. But mm-hmm. that was another uh, just move, we moved only a few blocks from where we had lived before, but it was a more gunfireish area. I, I wasn't worried. I, yeah, that, that part I wasn't. I now wasn't I am. Either. Like I've heard some Philly stories. Philly that is getting pretty, pretty crazy. It, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that part I think at the time we took in stride is just an embracing of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and right. wanting to love people that don't have every, have mm-hmm. everything together. So that part of gunshots, I, mean, I was fine. I with, was embracing uh, that and the leaky roof. I don't. <laughs> I still don't know your problem. <laughs> I, one thing: How did the home <laughs> inspector? I don't understand. I don't understand. West Philly. I love West Philly. Okay, so so we do have something from Helen Wolf Scott. For the sake of Yay. time, Scott, I apologize. Let's no. Yeah, I, oh, you're I, kicking I, I, him I to hit, the curb. I, I got to hit the road. <laughs> I, I, I have a sorry, Scott. I have a part in the ordination service, and it's like an hour and fifteen minutes away. So, Scott, thank you so much for writing in. You're the best. You're better than all the other Helen Wolves, at least so far. We'll get to you next week. Do I just wrap up now? (laughs) And with that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. (laughs) 